Hey guys, how's it going? Matt from Foulball Productions here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you're doing well because I'm doing phenomenally. Thank you so very much. This is the uh, 23rd episode of the MF for Podcast. I uh, hope you guys didn't mind the hiatus too much, but I'm back and I've got a guest. I'm joined with uh, a very interesting comedian guest that uh, I he, he just told me something backstage I thought was pretty fascinating. I definitely think a lot of you guys are going to appreciate. Uh, please welcome Tom Siska. Hello, Tom. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, brother. How you doing? Uh, pretty good, man. Um, yeah, I, I've uh, been doing comedy for a couple of years now, and I've also done some kind of political activism, some little stunts and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, getting my, my work in, getting the reps in, and um, yeah, I believe we met at the at the Creek in the Cave as sure when, did. You, when you asked... Uh, if I'd like to come on the podcast or when you, when you first met me at least, and then you, you followed up. Um, and I believe it was about my matrix joke. Yes. Um, which was fucking that, great. That enticed you enough to, to pick my brain a little bit. So that was really cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm like a bit of like a nerdy YouTuber. Like that's how I got started with all this stuff was uh, during like the lockdowns. There wasn't a lot to do. You know, I was in L.A., so I was pretty much just like penned inside my house, you know, per court order. And uh, I had to like, I don't know, pass the time somehow. And I've been watching like I'm a huge Star Wars fan, or at least I used to be. And I started watching like all these YouTubers like ripping that apart, ripping apart Game of Thrones. <clears throat> and I just found it like so compelling. It became the type of thing that was just like. I don't know. It was like all I was watching for a long time. And so I started joining like kind of the conversation. And that's how I got into all this shit was just sort of like talk, like talking about the expanse or talking about different shows or my perspective on all that. Uh, and then I don't know, I like somewhere along the line, I've kind of like moved on from it, but that is definitely like my roots is like that kind of nerdy shit. Sorry about the heckling. Hey, stop that. <laughs> Boo. No one cares about Get you. Get out of here. Curtis. Roots. <laughs> Um, yeah, so no, so that, like that matrix bit, definitely. I was like, yo, that's exactly like the, that's right up my alley. Like that shit's fucking hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I tend to, uh, for whatever reason, I, I tend to draw a lot of inspiration with my comedy from kind of topical and pop culture stuff. I mean, I do have jokes that I guess are a little bit more, uh, personal or, or things that you can kind of figure out about who I am, but mm -hmm. I, I definitely like to be able to for people to kind of figure out the type of person I am based on the jokes that I'm writing about things that have nothing to do with me, <laughs> um, which is cool. I mean, it to get a nice little balance of that, but it's, it's just so easy these days uh, to, to make jokes out of things that are just begging to be made fun of because <laughs> you take things from, uh, you know, things that we're fans of that we grew up with, and they make these new sequels and everything is just so uh, regurgitated and replaced with, you know, X, Y, and Z to make it, you know, some trash version of uh, to where you can barely, you know, the pieces to remind you of what it came from are just so um, minute. It's just like, you know, people can't, I'm sure it's been talked about so many times. They can't come up with any new ideas except for just uh, rewriting the old, story over and over again so it's like i wouldn't even give them enough credit to say they rewrite it it's like true. it's like they they like bastardize it it's like they exactly. you know raise it from the dead in this zombified version that somewhat resembles what it used to look like and it's like 
you know, I, I used to get upset by it. It used to like genuinely get me down, but now I can't even be bothered. It's just kind of like, hey, the new thing sucks. You're like, yeah, oh, no kidding. Really? Yeah. What do, what do you know? The 47th time, it still stinks, eh? All right. I like, I can't even get mad about it. I'm just like, I guess I'll just move on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's other and things I could do with my time. What actually got me into, uh, to motivated me to do stand up was. I guess around 2018 or so, you, we saw a lot of comedians that were getting canceled. And a lot of them were, a lot of other comedians were throwing comedi comedians under the rug. Yeah. And trying to like virtue signal or just kind of basically say like, you know, shame on you without even thinking in their back catalog of all the crazy shit that they've done, you know, just to name drop someone, let's take Sarah Silverman for it, for example. Oh, totally. Yeah. I always, uh, you know, thought she was super, you know, kind of just edgy. Like she always wanted that shock factor. Mm -hmm. Wasn't necessarily a big fan of her. I did, however, see her live once on the oddball comedy tour and she absolutely crushed. And I was like, wow, she's, you know, really great stand-up comedian. People were leaving, crying like there was like she was triggering all types of people. I was laughing. <laughs> That's <my> awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was just like it was a wild experience to uh, to see like people crying and leaving from a comedy festival. It's like, did you guys not know where where you're at? I mean, you know, it's it's always that's always a strange experience. Apparently, uh, they were a lot of these folks got some type of Groupon deal, so they they truly didn't know what wow. they were doing. That became like the running bit. It was like, you know, they got all these people in the door that just weren't really um, aware of the content of it. So that was quite interesting. But uh, getting back to what I was saying, though, she's a perfect ex example of somebody that was jumping on social media, calling out other comedians, throwing them under the rug when like this lady's been in blackface. She's done all types mm -hmm. of stuff and uh oh it motivated me to want to get into comedy just to kind of preserve true comedy or at least what i think is funny to try to throw my hat in the ring and uh make sure that the type of humor that i like is still available because it seemed like it was under attack at the moment so i was in a way um uh, you know had this chip on my shoulder just going into it and in, in the beginning when I entered the the Austin comedy scene, it was interesting because there, there were several people that had my sense of humor that I, I became friends with. And then there was also what what we would call gatekeepers. And, uh, you know, let's just say that a lot of them were like kind of hipsters, left leaning, you know, LGBTQ people. And it was actually really fun to be in that atmosphere to have kind of a a different take and see how you could coexist with these people like kind of toe the line, but still trying to win them over mm. and find that balance. And uh, fast forward to today where we have Joe Rogan's club and all these people that have moved here and, you know, things have been said about Joe's club. Like it's the anti woke comedy, anti cancel culture comedy club. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if he wants that name, but I people, doubt it. the hype is the hype is, is there. So, um, it's just so many people have moved here now to where like the comedy scene from 2019 to now is just like so different. It's crazy. And believe it or not, there's a lot of homeless autistic comedians <laughs> everywhere in the city right now. And <laughs> it's kind of makes me miss 
when uh, it was just like me, my friends, and then the hipsters. <laughs> like, <because> the, <laughs> I mean, it's just a little oversaturated. Um, sure, it's cool. I mean, it is what it is. It's it's a uh, you know, it's it's there's a lot going on, and um, it's fun. Well, there's so many, uh, but it's I mean, easy to kind of burn yourself out with with the amount of people that are all trying to do it. It's very, uh, uh, you know, you could put some serious time into it and and not see a lot of results depending on if you're doing these open mics, how many people are in, in front of you. If there's, you know, names being pulled out of a bucket, like a lot of times you're putting time into something and you don't even know if you're going to get the time on stage. So it kind of pushed me a few steps back from really putting as much energy into stand up and doing, and just kind of putting my energy elsewhere for now. I get it. I mean, it's definitely, I've seen it a lot because I've been out to open mics and stuff in this area, and there's a lot of them. I mean, I saw at Rogan's Club. This blew my mind. Like uh, at the, I haven't been there. Have you been there to the comedy mothership? Uh, I've I have not been on stage there yet. I've signed up for the open mics and the Kill Tonys there uh, for at least two or three times so far, and uh, have not gotten pulled up yet. Well, I saw at. Like I was looking at the website the other day and I was like, I was surprised to see there actually were shows you could buy tickets for. I was like, thank God. Because when I first looked at it, it was like Kill Tony was sold out until like September. I was like, Jesus. I'm they like, also, God, I'm never getting in here. They also hold like a limited number of tickets, I believe, for a lot of shows, like 20 oh, or okay. 25 tickets for like um, standby or, uh, you know, like first come, first serve. That's good to know. So, but I did see, dude, that for the open mic, they charge. There's like a, a to be in the audience at the open mic, you have to pay. I was like, I, I think that's great personally for comedy clubs. Um, going back to, uh, let's just call it the before time, before the pandemic. <laughs> uh, one of the best open mics that I enjoyed getting on was the Cat City open mic where people paid $5 entry fee. Then you had to pay. You know, you had to have a two item or two drink minimum just to be there. And what that does is it actually curates an audience to where these people want to be here. They're spending money. They're a good, you know, audience. They're getting some booze in them. They're getting comfortable. And it's it's just great atmosphere. That's the type of audience you want in, a, in an open mic. It's as close as you're going to get to an actual comedy club set without it, you know, because you go to a bar, you go to a restaurant, fill in the blank, whatever type of open mic you're at, even the ones that are at, let's say, the Creek in the Cave that they're not charging entry fee for. Um, you're going to get a lot of people that may not be either paying attention or let's say there's just a lot of open mic comedians that are there. You're not going to get mm -hmm. necessarily the right results or the right feedback from a real audience. So I, I have been very that. kind of picky these days on, on what I put my time into because I want to go where the real audience is, where... Other people will, will argue of that, like, hey, it doesn't matter if there's one, two people in the audience. It doesn't matter if it's the same guy that's heard your set multiple times. Just get the stage time and get the reps. It's like, I've done that. <laughs> I've done that enough <laughs> where I, I I just I don't feel that that's necessarily productive for, for me. But I'm, you know, I guess you could say a little. Um, just, yeah, I, just, I, I, yeah. Totally. No, I totally understand that. Like, um, I've done, I've done stand up a few times, uh, but like full disclosure, it still scares the absolute shit out of me. And it's something that just like the last time I did it, it was just like, uh, like it just killed me and fucked me up for like a few days. But I used to bartend at the Brass Tap in North Austin. Okay. You know, they had the Romo room for a while. So oh, I used yeah, to yeah. watch, I used to watch the open mics all the time because I was just there as the bartender. And dude, it's fucking brutal. Like the room is rough. Like it's just a bunch of comics who are thinking about their set. 
they're not really listening or it's like they've all, like you said, heard the joke so many times. And it's like, you know, every once in a while there's like a chuckle or there's just a bunch of kind of inside jokes between the or comics that know each other. Clapter. Just, <laughs> oh, definitely clapter. <laughs> but it was just, for, uh, yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, but it was just it was pretty demoralizing just to be around it. Like it almost gave me I was like, I don't know if I want to. This doesn't seem all that fun. Like it doesn't seem like anyone's here really enjoying it. Like like I, I understand yeah. like how that grind of open mics can definitely discourage you because it's like I've seen some good mics. Like the Creek mic is good. Like I was, those comics there are pretty funny. I've seen some like good sets where it's like you definitely see like there's that's the beginning of a good idea. Like that'll go places. But like a lot of it is just brutality. And you're watching people just eat their fucking balls. And if you have any empathy at all. I get you feel it. You're like, oh god! Like it's just it's hard to fucking squirm through, man, for like three hours or whatever. Then go hit the next yeah. one, and it's like yeah. it is a lot, right? Um. So, and uh, I've actually, because let's just say, like, uh, during the the pandemic when, uh, 2021, when things were like starting to fire back up here, mm-hmm. um, I was doing some shows out of the speakeasy in on south or on yeah. congress avenue and at that time i was actually unemployed i was getting paid unemployment and i had a total open schedule to put as much time and energy into comedy as i could um yeah. once big daddy government uh you know cut off the funds it i can't you know it's time to fucking work and I'm just not the type of person at my age to, uh, you know, I have a fiance. I pay my bills. Like I, I can't be a starving artist. Like I I've done that. Uh, it's tough, before. dude. And it's just like, I gotta, I gotta make sure I have money coming in regardless of if I'm going to get paid for comedy. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, you know, Jack of all trades, master of none. I've, I've uh, been in the, the restaurant industry uh, for a long time, and then I started doing more freelance stuff with graphic design, and um, you know, I, I start doing T-shirts and making posters for comedy events and stuff like that, getting paid on that on the side. Sick. And then one of my buddies um, actually owns a rain gutter business. It's called Rockstar Rain Gutters. So I started uh, doing rain gutters. You know, keep my head in the gutter. Perfect for comedy, right? But. Um, <laughs> I started that was like my day job. And then I got into barbecue, like getting back into the food industry. I've been working at a spot called Rollin' Smoke Barbecue. It's on uh, East 12th Street. We used to be across the street from Hotel Vegas. And I worked there for about a year and a half. And then I was approached by uh, one of my buddies who works at Infowars. And uh, they actually offered me an opportunity there uh, doing some production work. Um, so I'm just starting over there and it, uh, that's actually going to be my regular day job now. So Yo, that it's is a pretty cool sick, transition dude. to c- go from, you know, busting my ass in the outdoor elements, you know, working on rain gutters, working by the fire, uh, doing barbecue and now totally switching gears and going into something that I actually love, which is, uh, you know, politics, they add entertainment and satire. And it's all the things that I enjoy um, that I'm now actually is, is my, my job to be part of the crew and, and, and work with that stuff. So that's that absolute uh, blessing. And, it, um, you know, I think, I think with comedy, it's definitely, it's definitely a long, uh, it's a long, what's the word I'm saying, uh, trying to say like a, a long slog. man's game. A, a, it's a uh, 
old man's game or it's a it's a slow slow run yeah. you know you got to be able to like people just get so hype about giving it all and if you don't do it as much into <laughs> i'm on the watch list don't worry about it um <laughs> but it, yeah it's 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 uh you can get burnt out like for sometimes sure. you need to take pull pull back a little bit get some life experience in and then so go what's back the uh... go back up you know yeah well, what's the deal with the Infowars job? Like that, that blew my mind. I didn't even know that bringing you on here. I was like, yo, that's sick. Tell me about that. Like, are you going to like write sketches or like, what's the, what's the job so, you've got going on there? Um, so I've been listening. I've been a listener since 2004, about almost 20 Whoa. years. Um, I'm originally from Philadelphia. Oh, shit. And okay. um, I've also spent half my time in South Florida. So I got the Florida man thing going and then I got the, the Philly thing going. So it's For two, sure. uh, you know, things that I guess people would consider. I would consider a gift and a gift and a curse, but it's, it's definitely <laughs> built my character. And uh, being from Philadelphia, you know, history, the birth of uh, our country, all that stuff. It's very like engraved into your upbringing. So I've loved history. I've have family that's been in the military and uh it's just been fascinating to me to to study how the world works and just you know politics and stuff like that so back in 2004 when i first started getting into uh just trying to figure out how the world works i guess you could say i've always been a conspiracy theorist i used to love x-files as a kid and just mm -hmm. you know alien stuff was like my first conspiracy stuff are you still on that out. by the way do you still do you believe they're out there or do you believe like uh who's that uh, guy uh i've had some guy... experiences man seeing believing yes yeah no Absolutely. way all right for sure yeah who's that guy that um rogan had on who's like the dude who jeremy like, Cor corbell or uh was it a uh graham Han hancock graham hancock but there was another guy bob lazar bob, bob lazar. lazar okay do you believe any of his uh, take on the UFOs? And was he part of the Area 51? Did he have top secret clearance? Did they erase the race's college uh, records? Yeah, I, I I believe that there is definitely some some truth to uh, Area 51 and all that stuff. Absolutely. Oh wow, shit, true believer, dude. I um, I'm like not like i'm just skeptical, but I'm like as skeptical about that as I am about like religion. Like I'm not ruling it out. But like, I just don't know. So I can't sit here and be like, that definitely happened. But I do find it fascinating. Like, I yeah. love the ancient alien shit. I think that's like Me the too. most intriguing. You know, that is so much fun. Like the way they lay it out. Like you could only see this from the air. We didn't have aircraft then. And like, why do we do this? And this thing was perfectly aerodynamic. Like, yo, that is, oh, I don't know what that means, but I love it. My ultimate conspiracy theory that I um, find fascinating <laughs> Um, it is actually the Antarctica take, and it's it goes into actually that the Nazis went to Antarctica and called it New Schwabland. They like established a base there, and mm. they found some type that's of entrance fun. to a hollow Earth. And oh yeah, that's fun. Built their bases there. Came in contact with these advanced. Uh, beings and uh they through their channeling i guess they call it uh they've you know they were into like the occult so they were apparently given some type of instructions from the other side to get in contact wow. with them and find these these beings and then they got the uh they got the aircrafts they got access to the aircrafts they got access to the the 
the anti-gravity propulsion crafts. And they've had that since maybe even since World War II began. They That was their first thing. Like, let's get this shit to, to start. Let's get in contact with them. And so my the whole theory ends up being like, they went covert. Um, they've compromised our government. They've compromised the world government. I mean, um, that <clears throat> basically they're the ones that have killed Kennedy. They're they're the <laughs> ones that have been in power, and the people at the very top know that they are in contact with these, uh, you know, mad scientists. This, Let's just call them mad this... scientists because it's it's the top level of the of the Nazis that were affiliated with the cult doing these freak experiments and shit. And they, they're the ones that went to NASA, went to the CIA and um, yeah, they there's, there's something in that ice, man. <laughs> does does this ice. one overlap? Does that overlap with the lizard people one where you're kind of like, no, they're not ancient lizards. They're actually alien shapeshifters. Is that like, can can we fold those two in together? Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Such there's probably like <laughs> I, I want to say that there's probably more than one life form outside of Earth. So I mean, there could be all types of things. I don't. I really don't know. Uh, you know, there could be things that are interdimensional. Uh, there could be things. It's that possible. Are it doesn't stuck in our not... dimension that you know we uh, don't see because they have technology that they know how to cloak themselves and hide themselves from us. And I, I really don't know uh, exactly what they are or where they come from. But once it starts tying into religion and stuff, I mean, people have been talking about this for, for a long time. Like, you know, with ancient aliens, it's, it's all different ways of describing the same phenomenon that they're seeing these things. So, um, and then you have like, the people that are saying the government's going to pull this big hoax and fake an alien invasion, which mm -hmm. they very well could do because they came in contact with this technology. They have the technology to do that, I believe. So, so you believe whole cloth that that definitely happened. Um, I think history will say that they went to Antarctica, uh, and they built a base there. Wow. Uh, and you know what? I'll say also this. Say, yes. Good. So uh, my, I have a friend of mine uh, from the Dallas area who's like a flat out, like true blue flat earther, like believes it 100 percent. And he, he went so far as like, when we both live back in California. He went so far as to go out into the suburbs to buy an encyclopedia from this woman that was like from the 20s or something that was pre, you know, the new information about Antarctica. Right. And he like he believes like 100 percent. So he was trying to find the information. He was like Indiana Jones on a quest, you know, and uh, I I was like, all right, whatever, man. OK, but then I was watching this documentary. It was like the uh, like Blue Planet or like, you know, BBC Earth or one of those things, one of those, uh, you know, documentaries about the planet. And then they go to Antarctica. Right. And they're just like, yeah, it's just endless waste. There's nothing. All right. Moving on. You're like, well, that was a little weird how you <laughs> kind of like just brushed over the entire continent. And they're like, yeah, it's just endless waste in every direction. Don't worry about it. And I was like, OK, I'm not a flat earther. But, yo, that was suspicious. That was definitely. Why did you just blow past the entire continent? <laughs> There's pyramids there that they could see with this infrared technology to show you that these formations don't form naturally. These aren't rocks that are there. Like you could, you could see that there's actually structures that are protruding out of the ice that are cut, you know, and they're actually the largest pyramids on our planet are in Antarctica. 
I this is wild. I didn't know that. I mean, I did see Alien vs Predator, and I think that they, that they was tie worth- that in there a little bit. Yeah, that, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did that. Didn't they do that with the uh, most recent, like one of those King Kong movies or something? They had like, Godzilla the Hollow- versus Kong. Big fan mm-hmm. of that movie. Yeah, it's been called a uh, love letter to conspiracy theorists by like critics or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a badass movie. I'm a huge Godzilla fan. Like, oh really? Probably more than any other like nerd sci-fi stuff. Like Godzilla is my shit, which is. I guess people would consider that kind of bizarre because it's like, you know, starts with a guy in a big rubber suit. But I, I just grew up with that and I love the new movies. Dude, I just got a, someone just gave me a book to read called The Kaiju Preservation Society. Have you heard about it? No, that sounds cool. I don't. Yeah, it does sound sick. I haven't started reading it yet, but it does like it was pitched to me really interestingly. So I guess like. I don't know. I think like I think it's like a kind of like a romp, like it's just fun. But I guess the concept is that there's like this. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to speak. I don't really actually know what it is. But apparently, like, it's got something to do with like there's a secret kaiju society, and you have to like watch them, or there's like they're in space or some shit. But I was like, yo, this sounds pretty pretty compelling the way it was pitched to me. Obviously, I'm doing a terrible job of pitching it, but it did sound sick. So I'll read it. and I'll get back to you on it. Well, they have scientists right now that are kind of re re uh, birth. Woolly mammoths. I don't know if you heard about this stuff. They're bringing no. back extinct animals and shit right nice, now. Nice. That'll work out um, great. Yeah. And they've actually said, well, it sounds good because it's going to help fight climate change, but we are risking releasing a new virus from introducing these animals again into our Ugh. ecosystem. Um, Do you think that's the type of thing we should dabble in right now? All things no, considered? I don't, I don't believe humans should be playing God at all. I think, you know, technology and science and stuff could be used for good, but when you're creating stuff in labs and cloning and making new viruses and all that stuff. I think that's kind of an inversion of, of nature. Well, I'll say this, speaking of using science for good, uh, today is a day of celebration. I don't know if you heard this and I was very happy to relieve it. Actually, I learned this from uh, just another red shirt. Hail buddy. He's in the chat. Also member also does the MFR cocktail lounge with me. Hello, my friend. Uh, he put this on his Twitter so this is a day of celebration. I wasn't aware of this, but thank God, guys, we did it. We did it. Biden signs bill ending COVID-19 national emergency. It's oh, over, yeah. y'all. It happened Woo! yesterday. Finally. <laughs> yeah, buddy, <laughs> we got it. <laughs> yeah, three yeah, they're, they're gearing up for the next one now, they said. Seriously, dude. I think, like, I think Fauci and Biden both said we're ready for one next year. Like it could Good be a hundred years man. from now, or it could be next year, but we need to be start getting ready. I still still see people wearing masks. I'm still I'm blown away. I'm like, man, you are really really cooked. You are I in. Think, I think it's great when you see someone wearing a mask and just kind of like treat them like how we used to treat people back in uh, the <laughs> the SARS. You know the 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 oh, SARS yeah, yeah, pandemic. Yeah. Like you just look mm-hmm. at them like they're the dirty ones. Like, yeah. ew, you fucking dirt ball. You're wearing a mask. Like, just go home. What are you wearing? What are you, stick? You're out. You're yeah. sick with this mask on. Like, you shouldn't yeah. even be out right now. Go back home, yeah. you know, or put another mask on. You only have, you're only wearing one. Yeah. Why aren't you wearing a spacesuit? This is ridiculous. You're putting everyone at risk. How, how can you be so yeah. selfish? Go home. I know. Yeah. Um, Treat them like they're that... dirty. <laughs> well, it's like, oh, they're the dirty comes. ones. Because they're wearing fucking... Uh, cloth of bacteria on their face mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they and then they look at you like they they want you to react to them they're always have those eyes like 
and they'll start talking and they're like, naturally, these people are a little bashful to begin with. So it's probably already hard to hear them. But you have to like real you have to really try to read their eyes instead of their lips because you can't see them to know what they're talking about. It's 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 trippy. You know, it's well, very I have bizarre like, that people are still doing this. <laughs> I have a theory that people that there's like people that out there that just think if they're like anxious about a thing, that's the same thing as like fighting against something. Right. Like I remember back when Trump got elected, uh, I was in I was in acting school in L.A. And my teacher, like he was like a nervous wreck, like he basically like collapsed. You know what I mean? Like emotionally, like he could not handle it. And he started smoking again. And I was like, oh, hey, man, like, why are you? I thought you quit. And he's just like, oh, you know, the whole Trump thing. And I was like, well, I mean, you're kind of giving him a lot of power. You know what I mean? Like making you hurt yourself. And he goes, well, I, I you know, donated a bunch to Planned Parenthood. So I was just kind of like, that's not what I was saying. I was just saying, man, like you're hurting yourself and somehow fighting this. And I kind of like that started like this, the gears turning on this thing. And I think there are people out there, if they feel like they're anxious about a thing, like that's the same thing as fighting against it. Like, you know, if I'm having pure panic attacks about climate change. That's the same thing as like, you know, cleaning up the environment or like picking up trash on a beach. Like it's like, if I'm nervous about it, if I'm anxious about it, that means I'm fighting against something powerful and I'm making the world a better place. I think there's something in there that's true. And I think the COVID mask, all that stuff, I think it's the same thing. Like they want to be terrified because I think in a weird way, it makes them feel safe or makes them feel, I, I don't, I haven't quite worked out the psychology, it's, but I think there's it's called there. MK ultra. Okay. Yeah, it's right. it's it's a mass uh, trauma. You know, you, you traumatize them to break them down and then rebuild them and then direct them to 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 try to, um, you know, to try to find what what is going to help soothe them. But every time they try to find something that's going to help soothe them, it just makes them even more traumatized. Yeah, and they and so it's just a never ending like chasing the dragon type scenario. Um. And, and talking about when Trump got elected, I, I worked at a restaurant here in Austin at the time, and I was one of the only like outspoken per- people that was just like, yeah, I'm voting for the guy or whatever. Like, wow, that's ballsy. Tight. Like I was just it was like and I try to explain to people, like, even if he's not who he says he is, we know who Hillary is mm-hmm. and we know who, you know, whoever is like, I'd rather throw this metaphorical Molotov cocktail and see what happens, because we know that the shit that we've been doing so far hasn't really worked. But you so had I knew it was like kind of it. like a, a, like a bit of a, a risk because it's like, yeah, this all kind of sounds good, but like we really don't know until he's in there what's actually going to happen. But that just alone, I, I just knew that the, the difference in itself was enough for me to be like, okay, l- let's give it a chance. I respect that you had the vision because I had no idea. Like I was full on like conspiracy theory. Like this is a psyop. This isn't real. Like they're doing they're they're doing like basically the plot from the producers. Like they're trying to make the worst possible candidate to get theirs in. Like he's like Trump's in on it. Like I didn't believe it for a second. A lot of people told me that, you know, and a lot of people thought that he was not only was he in on it, but he was sabotaging himself and the Republican Party just so that Hillary could win. And I, I was like. That is definitely not it. Trust me. That's not, <laughs> I knew that wasn't it, but I was still kind of like, yeah, you know, he, we still to this day, we still don't know. I mean, the guy could be in on it, but look at all the things that he's done compared to the people before him. There are a lot of things that I actually can say that, that he did that was different than the globalist. I mean, he did mm-hmm. some anti-globalist things, and that's what got me behind him to begin with. All the, all the things that were anti-globalist and anti-war 
is what made me vote for him. All the stuff he said that was uh, controversial and uh, offensive, I just I just thought it was hilarious. And I was like, I'd rather have a stand-up comedian that could just fucking riff as a president. Dude, that, if you don't think Trump's crazy, funny. But yeah. If you don't think Trump's funny, I think there's just something fundamentally wrong with you. Like he is hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> He's so he, funny. He I love had him. Had me crack it up when his he did a speech after his arraignment, and he was so funny. He was talking about the lady that uh, you know brought the charges up, and he was doing an impression of her. He's like, "We're gonna get him. We're gonna get him." I was just like, "Dying." He's like, "Like he, you know, whatever." Did he you is, see I that? So it was so funny when he does shit like that. Did you see, by the way, the Joe Rogan AI experience? Have you heard of this? Um, I have not seen so it. So this yeah. guy, Rogan tweeted it out, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then I saw, like, they this guy, I don't know, I guess he just makes, like, fake Joe Rogan shows, like the Joe Rogan experience with AI, and he had one with Trump. Dude, I got to play you just a little bit of this, because it is cool. amazing, like, how much it the Rogan isn't great, but the Trump is fucking like spot on. It's amazing. You've been talking about these big plans for years now, but I've yet to see a real concrete plan on how you're going to achieve all of these things. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the ambition and the drive, but I think it's time for some specifics, you know? Well, Joe, when it comes to specifics, nobody knows more about specifics than me. I mean, we're talking about the best, the absolute best. I built one of the greatest businesses in the world and I did it by knowing the specifics, by being the best at the details. And let me tell you, when it comes to making America great again, I have the best plans, the best ideas, and I know exactly how to make it happen. But Dude, don't you feel like you're listening to Trump? I, I can, it's a little off, but it's, it's close. It's pretty close. You know, I saw the, the Biden one. There was a Biden one that I actually thought it had me completely fooled. Like, they, really? It was real to me. I was like, oh, my God. It was like a World War Three one. I don't know if you saw that. It was no. like him talking about how we're getting we're going into World War Three or some shit. No, like, <laughs> like, this is fucking wild. It's getting weird out there, man. Like, that is some strange shit. Like, I saw someone in the comments like, um, you know, saying like, oh, I totally understand now how are the older generation was like dumbfounded by the progress of technology and i kind of empathize with that i'm a little bit like eh, i don't want to get involved like the way my parents like the way they responded to the iphone they're like ah it's not for me that's that's kind of how i feel about some of this ai shit i'm like i don't know if i want to it's a little much for me i'm a little overwhelmed by all the concepts here like watching a full-on hour-long podcast with rogan and trump that's close enough that you could actually think that might have been real that's a lot to mentally process have have you heard about the creators of this of south park's deep fake yes. company and how they oh, had no. a show that was in production right before trump lost the That's election right they were gonna yeah. and all the and the pan well actually it was actually uh pardon me i misspoke there it was about to launch or they were gonna start uh the day of of pre-production for it the day the pandemic started and it was so they have access to this deep fake technology. They actually did that Kendrick Lamar music video with okay. their studio. I don't know if you saw that one where his like face is like changing into uh, all these different people. And no, I didn't. Like, yeah. Realistic. So yeah. that's their studio. They're actually the creators of South Park are making a movie um, with, uh, I believe, Kendrick Lamar is uh, involved with it, but it's really um, 
it's supposed to be a dark comedy about a, a chick who falls in love with a actor who plays a slave on a like um, reenactment of like some type of you know Civil War era um, place, like a historical reenactment place, and she played another character there, and then they fall in love, and then they he, she find he finds out that she actually was her family was slave owners that owned like somebody in his family, like back in the day. So it's, <laughs> it's that's they're making this movie. Um, but I'm getting a little off track here. What, what I wanted to bring up was that they were developing this show where Donald Trump was a deep fake. And the whole show was just Trump in deep fake. And it was like, yeah, this satirical thing. And they did one little clip or one reading where the whole idea came from. It's on YouTube where like Trump is reading a, a Christmas story to these kids and it's it's pretty fucking funny, man. And then they I came out hearing about that. Like they I, came I remember... out and said they're like, we're gonna wait and see what happens because he could, you know, he's we hear he's running again. This is before he announced he's running, so that they may start do working on this show again. But the technology that they have, they have the best one out of any other people in entertainment. I mean, they've they've got to be doing some uh, you know in talks with with defense contractors or some shit i mean this stuff's scary because i okay, remember there hearing it is about, yeah yeah because i remember hearing about the trump movie I don't or know if show this is the full the full clip but this is it yeah okay because i remember hearing about like the trump movie or Sassy show justice or... is the name of it yeah oh is that what that was oh okay because all right so they did put it out because i remember hearing about it but i don't think i ever saw this it is where the idea came from and then they were okay. gonna make the whole show okay but it's pretty it's pretty election. funny the cool Austin Reindeer said, okay, I agree, we'll do it. But only if you can promise that it's not rigged and it's not a fix. And the big day came in the forest and the election happened. People started, they started cheating. The numbers <laughs> changed 300,000 in just Pennsylvania. And that's the million. <laughs> and who owns shares in the company Dominion? <laughs> and they say he won. He's won. He won the election, and he did not win the election. He didn't win because they cheated. And they, I, I fought an honest election. The only thing about that joke is it's just kind of like. It's like the typical angle. Like, you know where that's coming from. You're like, all right, we get it. Ha, ha, ha. Like, the thing about those jokes, all those anti-Trump jokes, is it like, it polarizes like a genuine comedy fan because like, you're like, all right, I mean, that's funny if I hate Trump as much as these people hate Trump. Then I guess I, I'd find that I funny. I actually don't think that the creators of South Park are anti-Trump. I know that they want to lampoon and, and satirize pretty much everybody and that mm -hmm. nothing's off the table. But... um they actually, in a, some weird way, helped motivate me to vote for Trump by watching South Park and and just hearing what they thought, what they said was, we're not going to make fun of Trump because every day he says something that's funnier than what we do. So it's so <laughs> difficult for us to keep up with. We're not even going to touch it. But what they ended up doing was making this, uh, making Mr. Garrison a Trump-like Trump figure, but he was yeah. never actually Trump. He's still Mr. Garrison, and obviously he's, you know, they're, they're in a way making fun of the things that Trump does. But um, 
Um, however, I, I really don't think that they are anti-Trump. Um, I think that they know that he's funny. I think they, I think that they kind of toe a line with their, uh, with Paramount and all this stuff going like too pro Trump, but you can't look if you're in Hollywood, like I lived, I lived in LA when he got elected, like that city melted down. It affected all content from across the board. I remember watching like one of my favorite shows was you're the worst on FXX. It's a fucking hilarious comedy set in LA. Great. Just like, honest and raw and ugly and just you know, vulgar and i loved it then after trump got elected like the next season was like fucking weird i was like they were like they were so heavy on like the abortion narrative and one of the guys turned into a um like a red pill guy and then someone just like attacks him and that's like the joke like the scene just ends on like that attack i was like what was that and i was like dude like people broke down like it was so overwhelmingly like tragic for them that I think if you're in that city in any capacity, if you claim Trump, you're basically saying I'm outside of all of you because they were so collective. They were so in it. So even if you're like someone like that's kind of reasonable or you're like, I mean, I don't like the guy, but that's fucking hilarious. Like you're going to alienate so many people in that town. And it's such a clicky town that if you just want to just stick around, you have to just kind of be like, I'm not saying anything, you know, like you just have to kind of let them lose their minds. You can't claim anything kind of positive about them because they'll be like, you're one of them. And they'll like, they'll yeah. go after you and they'll, they'll ostracize you. It's like, it's like for real. So they probably did have a sense of humor about it. Cause they have a sense of humor about everything, but they probably couldn't really touch it without being like, all right, I'll just do what you guys want me to do, which is just be like, uh, oh, he's right. cry baby. Uh huh. Funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why they call it the silent majority, though, right? When people, it's like, all right, we're just going to be, you know, we're going to tell them how we feel in the voter box or whatever, but... Well, that was me, buddy. Um, I didn't say shit. You know how when it... Th- I feel like this definitely goes back to what you were saying about people just kind of breaking down and, like, being anxious and stuff. They had this this uh, saying called Love Trump's Hate, which is supposed to yes. be, like, not, like... On, on paper, like, it's supposed to mean, like, love tops hate right like it trumps it like right verb but when you really think about it they're telling you to love his hate so it's like be fascinated with the hate and just obsess over trump's hate love it love trump's hate that's what they were actually telling they were programming these people it was just like that broadcaster who tried to like slip past that moment where the entire NASCAR crowd was saying, fuck Joe Biden. And she goes, you hear them saying, let's go, Brandon. And then it yeah. just became like their rallying cry, dude. It's like you try to like like switch these things around and we're all just going to be like, oh, I guess that's the thing. <laughs> like right. this guy comes in there like in the, into the, the entire system, upends the table, sh- like pulls everyone's skirts up. We see it publicly and we're all supposed to just go back to the way things were. <laughs> nah, it, that's all different. Like Trump getting elected, it's like 9-11. You know, you talk like pre-9-11, post-9-11, it's pre-Trump, post-Trump. Everything's different. You can't go back to the way it was. Like this changed. It's you, I'm sorry. Like this is the this is the state of reality. And it's and it feels like the cultural pendulum is shifting in a way with just yes. how everybody the good thing about Biden being president is that everybody like has everybody can now see that you know we all agree that this guy sucks (laughs) (laughs) even the people that voted for him that'll probably vote for him again Mm -hmm. they know uh, like this is a joke 
And mm-hmm. now we all can can be on that same level of like, this is a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, you know, they're like, this is terrible. And everyone else is, that agrees with, with me, we're, you know, we're like, no, this is how we got to, you know, save our country. Mm-hmm. Where um, as far as like culture and, and entertainment and comedy goes, when it comes to this political realm, like look at Joe Rogan, he, he'll tell you like, this is a fucking joke. He wanted to vote for Bernie Sanders or he did vote for Bernie, but he knows that this is a joke and that, um, you know, look at our culture now. Like people are very open about the truth, like yeah. the, the COVID stuff, all this stuff had to happen the way it happened. And, and Trump had to kind of be removed from the from the, the forefront of dominating the media. Everything was all Trump, Trump, Trump. That's all you'd hear about. Now that he's not the president, people were able to get the information of COVID. They were able to understand that all the bullshit that was going on and understand what kind of joke of a government we have. And there's probably and a some- system, too. It's not just the government, the government for sure. But it's also like the media entanglement with it and how much like that is really just one giant conglomeration. And people have been saying that for a long time, but it always ha- had the twinge of like right wing. Like you say, it was always had had like the war propaganda and like, you know, uh, Halliburton and all these things like, oh, they're right. in bed with the media. But they mm-hmm. ne- we didn't see the whole thing with like the left wing agenda being like so strongly like embedded in the institutions that like inform us or govern us or any of these things. And just like seeing someone come in there, like I said, just flip the table over, like whatever going back. We, we can't you can't you can't. You can't unfuck the, you know what I mean? Like, what's people the thing? Yeah, people don't understand too that just because, you know, let's look at it like this: in the '90s and early 2000s, the political party, the two-party system, was viewed at totally different. Like, the Republicans were the pro-war, you know, uh, they're the pro-war party. Mm-hmm. And people that voted liberal and Democrat were still clutching on to the nineteen six or nineteen seventies and and just like this kind of hippie movement. That's gone now. Like mm-hmm. there's the the Democrats are the pro war party. I mean, Biden's yep. voted for all the Iraq war stuff. Uh, Obama bombed and droned more people than anybody ever. And in the history people, of the country, more bombs than any president ever. And people don't realize it was just a continuation. It was the same administration. It's a one-party system the whole time until Trump got there. When I talk to people that want to argue with me, that know me about politics, that will vote left, they, they're they stuck in thinking, like, this is still, like, the 90s or the early 2000s. Like, this is George Bush's Republican Party. It's like, we're past that now. Yeah. The Republican voters are never going back to the Bush era neocon like we've managed. I won't go that far. I won't go that far. And the reason I push back on that is because I definitely see like on Twitter, right? Because now that Twitter's got like a strong conservative presence, you do see the conservatives kind of doing their old tricks. You know, it's kind of like the same thing they're out they- there. But I, I would say that the base of the voters that are definitely the people that voted for Trump and the base of the majority of the Republicans they're the ones that are what people are now calling far right, Mm -hmm. which are actually anti-war. We are Mm -hmm. anti-war. 
we just want America first. We want yeah. our, our policies to take care of our people. You know, charity starts at home. And that's that is a radical belief yeah. to to want to take care of your own family, to take care of your own country before you have the ability to take care of others. Somehow that's radical. But that is the base of what what the true Republican party of the, the people uh are about now and and, and a lot of people is... don't understand that they think that we're still we're voting for a dictator that's gonna yeah. start wars and he's yeah. a fascist and it's like no we're actually the exact opposite of that we we want as much freedom as possible when you talk about fascism it's actually a left-leaning idea like the farther you go to the right means less regulation less government the farther right is actually anarchy it's total anarchy the mm -hmm. farther you go to the left is total fascism completely controlled uh everything is controlled by the state and it's it's that is you know the 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 far left yeah, no, I've uh, we've talked about that. I do a show every Friday night called the Emma for Cocktail Lounge, and uh, we've talked about that quite a bit, actually. Like, I thought that was pretty fascinating. I don't think I knew that. I think I was like regulated to believe that, you know, the far right was fascism. But it's like fascism has so much more in common with like socialism or communism than anything like that you would consider right leaning because it's it's just more pro state. So it has more of like a you know, what you would think is like America or whatever. Like it's an easy like trick to pull, but in actual practice, no, it's way more like communism because it's all run by the state. State owns it all. Uh, sentient dildo and cap for the win. <laughs> uh, did you, there's a clip going around today, dude, speaking of politics, that's one of the cringiest things I've seen in a while. Would you like to take a look? Yeah, sure. So I don't know. I, I saw a little bit about this guy. Like, I can't pay too close attention to politics because I just I get uncomfortable and I just don't like it. Like, I'll fuck with it here and there. But like, there's people who are like every day. That's what they're doing. I can't be that guy. But yeah. I did see this going around because I guess this guy was making speeches and stuff like that. And that were, um, I don't know, pissing people off, especially people on the right. But this just came out, I think, today or yesterday. And this fucking killing me. Oh, yeah, I saw this. <laughs> and I'm running for president of BSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I want to do this by partnering with organizations from the Boone Democrats to the Boone Republicans. I want to bring together different voices, dissenting voices, voices that may be more liberal or more conservative, in order that we can reach a point of sort of the radical middle. Seem like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But oh, that was good news. The same guy. Same dude. This Saturday in the state of Tennessee, I can't even watch him. I'm so uncomfortable. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. Justin J. Pearson. And I'm running for president of Maybe his accent changed based on his diet. Maybe he started getting some chitlins in him and some, you know, ham hocks. The next thing you know, he just, you know, he went from. I don't know. That is uncomfortable. That is a, a James Lindsay shared that. He said Martin Luther cringe. And I was like, man, brilliant. Uh, but that that's is funny. That's a rough one, dude. Like, and like, odd that people won't feel like they don't think like they'll get exposed. That That's the weirdest thing to me. It's like there's video of you being a completely different person when you were, right. yes, a student politician, but still a politician. Like, what do you think that we're never going to find that? Like, that would be like. You know, all of a sudden, one day, I'm just like, I'm like a hip hop, like influencer, like Supreme channel. And there's like, Matt, 
for years, you were a totally different guy. Like, how could I not think that I'd get called on that? Like, it's so bizarre. They don't care. Like, they, I guess they, not. they don't, they can just ignore, deny, and never acknowledge something. They don't ever actually have to acknowledge something. It's that's their whole thing is like, we don't debate, we don't, you know, we don't give them the space to, to respond, like just ignore it. Like it's also, there is definitely something to be said for how curated the media is like, and a lot of that I think was exposed during like the Trump administration. It's always been like this, but I remember like seeing, like I would see like a clip, something that Trump did that people were pissed off about. They take this little sound bite, this little snippet, right. And it would sound bad. And then you'd see the whole context. You're like, Oh, well, in context, that's totally fine. But you'd only see the full context on like Fox News or right leaning or whatever. And then, you you know, the, on the left, you get this very specific thing. It's like AOC, like faked her arrest like uh, last year. I don't know if you remember that. Like she was at some protest or whatever and pretended like she got arrested. She didn't, but she pretended like she did. Yeah. But you have to see the whole clip to know that she was pretending. But if you see all, only what the left like in the left media, you're just going to see her like being like, oh, yeah, I was at this protest and I got arrested. And you're like, no, you fucking didn't. But if you don't see the whole context, you will get duped. You will get tricked because you don't look into the whole story. It's like they live with the sunglasses. Fuck yeah. And once you Hell see yeah. it, you can't unsee it. You know, it's like every time. Every time there's like pub, a publicity stunt like that, it's like you have to immediately a light goes off like this. There's something to this. this is, there's some bullshit in here for sure. Totally. Because why are they? Why is this at the front story? Why are they pushing it so hard? I, I remember seeing that. <laughs> I remember seeing that under the Obama administration where I was like, yo, what the fuck? It was like uh, what we were basically just getting out of like Iraq and Afghanistan. Like Obama was like kind of de-escalating a lot of that. And then all of a sudden on the news, you were seeing like dead children that like in Syria or some shit like that, that like this new bad group, ISIS is bad. Now we got to go get them. And it was just like, yo, I have been watching like the news on TV like my whole life. I have never seen video of dead children on the news, dude. Like that was like one of those things where I was like, whoa. And it was like, yeah, then we just stayed in the wars, reescalated all the military, like nothing changed. You're like, oh, okay, hope and change. I don't think so. Um, I know we are kind of running out of time, right? You got to get out of here pretty soon. Yeah, I got another ten or fifteen at least. I wanted I to. Uh, I wa I wanted to get a chance to show some of the sketches or some of the on the street stuff that you did during COVID because I thought that shit was pretty damn funny, and I think that people here might too. Uh, do you want to watch your the part one of the uh, the COVID thing? Yeah, sure. All right, say. Do you want to set it up, or you want to just go into uh, it? Raw? So yeah, so this is um, my buddy Brandon Gray. He he has a website called JustAnotherChannel.com where he does some uh, called activism, um, and uh, we did some satire with it as well. So uh, um, I've definitely helped him out on a couple of different things with that. You can find it at JustAnotherChannel.com or JustAnotherChannel on Band.Video, um, which, which is, I guess, that's. Like the, info wars uh, it's the video like, site of info wars where they put all their videos up and um you know a lot of like the shows that they show live they'll put post it later without all the ads and stuff so, mm -hmm. yeah pretty sick uh let me <clears throat> all right so this is part one so it's a two-part it's a two-part yeah, uh like thing yeah right one's in 2020 the next one's in 2021 for the delta variant so this is okay. the, this is the first wave <laughs> i want to thank you all for your past support uh, when it occurred those the fence that's okay. We don't. We like AJ here. Oh, 
latency issues. Front row. Mm. Hmm. Oh, shit. Is this in Austin, by the way? Yeah. So this scene, we actually, they were giving away free PPE, per personal protective we showed up to do that as well. We're here with Allies of Science. We wanted to also be virtuous like the city of Austin. We're coming out to raise awareness to some of the dangers. We have some of our articles here. They kind of talk about, you know, the need to help our neighbors be responsible, slow the spread. Flatulence clearly can spread coronavirus. So, <laughs> that's hilarious. We, want to come hand out some we brought well. the science with us. <laughs> that's great, dude. We're that's great. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. <laughs> you do it with like the claw thing. That's great. Oh, yeah. Flatulence does spread the coronavirus. It's clear the scientists, the experts have all Man, come to the consensus. <laughs> uh, masks aren't enough, and we have to do our part. We're here with our anal plugs. We're here with allies of science. We're here to take part in the. PPE giveaway. Okay, well, they said that you're not part of this event. Oh, well, we're, uh, isn't this a community center? So we're here as, as part of a public service. So, All right, what is your public service? We're here to raise awareness to, uh, you know, the, the news about how flatulence spreads coronavirus. And so, yeah, we're here, we're here to hand out some PPE. We're going to socially distance. So we've got to do our part to slow the spread of coronavirus this is great when was this how so, far in the pandemic this was in tw summer Offensive. 2020. no sir nice. the science is right here Can I... well the surely science. you're not a science denier right? <laughs> <laughs> we're firmly firm believers in science in fact we are allies of science i'm going to tell you this is private property private property this isn't the community center this is part of the jail oh this is part of the jail so we're asking you to leave. Y'all are handing out PPE in front of a jail? If you'd like to stay here, we're in front of the trespassers. Allies of Science is uh, being asked to leave. We came here as a public service. We heard the city of Austin was handing out free PPE to the public. We're clearly here to raise awareness to uh, a real issue. You know, guys, everybody's wearing masks and it's still spreading. That's great, so dude. We really just wanted to bring awareness to one of the obvious main reasons better. why it's still spreading. It's indisputable that COVID-19 can be spread through flatulence as well as through feces, guys. The science is indisputable. Coronavirus is spread through flatulence, feces, and other means. And, and we'd like to give you some free personal protective equipment here. He took it. <laughs> if you're out shopping, you may have some type of flatulence, think a viral load is present. You plug up and that'll keep it that'll stop the spread just. Oh, she's like really listening to you. And it's about protecting oh, others. So we're talking about life and death situations here. This is serious. Please help slow the spread. <laughs> we're here to give away free <laughs> PPE, just like the city of Austin. Masks aren't enough. As the science is in. 
<laughs> we have to do our part to slow the spread, ladies and gentlemen. What do we do? Well, I, it stops the spread. It stops the spread. You you wow. you, you plug that uh, medical equipment into your <laughs> anus. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, look. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. If you're if you're a little bit uncomfortable, okay. if you go to hashtag <laughs> Allies of Science, we're asking people to post their how-to videos and some instructional videos on some of that some of their best practices. We can drop one in your bag if you like, sir. There you go. Uh. Help slow the spread. Absolutely. <laughs> Plug the spread. Thank you for being brave and wearing your mask. Flatulence spreads the coronavirus, and we have free personal protective Sorry. equipment out here. It's not really about protecting yourself. It's about protecting others. It's free, ma'am. Would and you like free? And the best part is... You, you want a pink one? <laughs> we're, we're social distancing. <laughs> She's taking it. Well, my, mostly when they go into stores and places where their flatulence could, you know, make someone else susceptible to their virus. You know, we have a diagram here that does a pretty good job of. Yeah. If you're more than explain. six feet away from someone outside, you probably, I'd say, you know, it's probably, if you want to be more protective, I would probably wear it all day. I personally wear two. Hi guys, come get some free personal protective <laughs> equipment. I do. Well, I have mine out because I'm outdoors. <laughs> but hey, if you go, if you hashtag allies of science, we are asking folks to upload their best how to or instructional videos. <laughs> <laughs> For people who may not be comfortable with this type of PPE quite yet. I have asthma, so I wear two. And guess what? There's many coronaviruses. That, that's and the cold virus, and the cold, common cold was caused by a coronavirus. So most of us have antibodies. So the test is a bunch of baloney. <laughs> the test proves nothing. <laughs> Bro, I forgot about so these times, man. This is so funny. To stop the spread of farts because, because oh okay well yeah so the part Dude, two was the delta was variant great. and we go to out front we're on the steps of the capitol really we're getting all these tourists and then we go to rainy street out front of unbelievable and it gets really crazy and then there's like people that are just like drunk stumbling like what is this and we're just giving them out and people are yeah they and then it, it, this in part two, we actually were were next to uh, the ACLU was, no way. was and we trolled them and they thought we were fucking real scientists and they uh, were like on camera like helping us and shit. It's ridiculous, dude. That's great, dude. Whose idea <laughs> was all this? Uh, it was my buddy Brandon's idea uh, to get the plugs. And then it was my idea to get the lab coats and actually dress up as it was my idea to, to come up with the name allies of science and do the whole lab coats thing. You're basically doing your own version of the milligram experiment. What's the milligram experiment? I think it's the Milgram or Milligram, like the guy who, who basically the, the hold the test back from like the 50s or whatever, where there was an unseen like authority figure telling you to shock the guy on the other side of the wall. You know that one? I'm not familiar with that one. I got to. Oh, it's a pretty famous on one. That. I mean, I think I think it's been called in the question recently, so it might not be as valid as it was. But it was a point of like education for a long time because a lot of it was trying to figure out like how the Nazis were able to do what they did. So it was the concept was there would be you, you'd have to shock the guy 
like you're basically like administering shocks, right? Like that's, you're the one being experimented on, but you think you're, you know, like trying to administer an experiment to someone unseen on the other side of this wall. Right. And they would ask, you'd ask them questions. And if they got it wrong, you'd shock them. And it would get so far that like the voltage level would go so high that the guys on the other side started like, ow, like that really hurt. Like, why do you keep doing that? And the question was how many people would push it to the point where it seemed like the other, the guy on the other side died. And it was like, an uncomfortable amount of people were willing to go to death on the other side. So you did like your own version of like the Milgram experiment where you're like, I guess I'll put this in my ass. I mean, if it's going to stop COVID, take you know, people did that. We got <laughs> people to actually do that. That is <laughs> wacky, man. <laughs> well, you're the authority figure. You're wearing a lab coat. That's good enough for most people. Trust the science. My grandfather, uh, God rest his soul. He passed away, uh, back in 2021 he saw those videos and although he thought it was funny he's like that's great you're doing this stuff he's like but the butt plug i mean like, <laughs> it was like too far he's like I yeah get the he's point, like it's kind of too far but i i like what you did <laughs> yeah do you have to be so vulgar but still you're yeah put it to those lips <laughs> yeah. like, um, you got something there you know the whole guy on the street thing so this one's a little longer this one's 27 minutes do, is there like a uh, a piece of it that you want to show or like is there like the uh, best what's the best part i think they're just like the first few minutes it kind of is a good little okay intro to what we're what we're doing with it all right let's check uh, it out yeah i got at least another 10 minutes sick sick okay i love like the sunglasses with the goggles and the visor Mm -hmm. Just to be like really dramatic, really people don't question it. We have no like name tags, there's no like we're just because the lab coats, it's just all they need. Like, you could dress up, get in a lab coat, and tell somebody anything, and then you know, that's great. And then they say, Are you a doctor? and I say, No, I'm an ally of science. (laughs) 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 He's kind of COVID, that's not funny. Oh my god, I'm so stupid. I laugh at my own jokes all the time, but <laughs> you got the, it. Uh, yeah, I think like the I don't know I, I the band video is it's kind of tough to. Right uh, oh god, I, I can't um I can't like stop it or it's start it. Lar- like, it's, just... it's a lar it's a it's a larger video. I think so okay, maybe it just takes a minute. Might take a minute to, to go through buffer the, to the app. And oh, that's not it's funny. People are dying because of COVID. That's they not funny. Dying. You're making a joke out of this. That's no, ridiculous. Not. This is serious science. We're allies of science, That's... man. Okay, well, if you want to science, <laughs> she can't take it. That's great. It. People are so yeah. The science gets even crazier. They're dancing. They're they're wiggling, jiggling. We need to plug that wiggly, jiggly thing up and make sure it's not uh, leaking these variants. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you got rid of all of them. Oh, we did. That's why we did part two. We had to do any of them. <laughs> the science is in. It's undeniable. All of the doctors and <laughs> this scientists Brandon Ballstein. <laughs> that through the wastewater and the NIH and Fauci are finding that this is where the Delta variant lies. This is where the Delta variant has been hiding this whole time. Ah, uh, my internet does not suck, new bomb. 
months. I mean, maybe it does. Nothing is know. stopping the spread of the Delta variant, except for this unique device that we've <laughs> discovered here at Allies of Science that will help to plug the spread. If you're at Walmart, if you're at Target, plug the spread. and you're not plugging up, you could be subjecting someone to your viral load. It's important to plug the spread, do your part, oh, and we can get past this Delta variant more quickly. So we're here educating the public about the, stud the studies that just came in from the CDC and from Dr. Fauci that shows the Delta variant is not only spreading amongst the vaccinated, but it's spreading through flatulence and fecal matter. So these oh, wow. personal oh, okay. protective equipment here, it's are, free, man. they're free, they're used to plug up when you're going out to a restaurant, going out shopping, H-E-B, plug one in and, you know, that'll at least mitigate the amount of viral loads that you could potentially be spreading through. Thank you, staff. Good to see double you, Sugar Max, double mask, and double plug. That's the way to go these days, guys. You can't be too safe. God bless your word. So they're, they're free? Okay. And whenever you feel like you're in an area that may cause flatulence, uh -huh. uh, if you're out shopping, cool. you can plug up and that'll mitigate the spread a little bit. Plug oh, the spread, ladies and gentlemen, please. <laughs> cool. awesome. Dude, why did this not go fucking viral all over yeah, the country, please. man? This is so Because funny. it got taken off of YouTube. Because vaccinated ah, of people are right now spreading the Delta variant. The vaccines aren't stopping the Delta variant. But these might help stop it. Okay, you're just making fun of COVID. That's not funny. Damn, this is science. It's got a lot of views on Bandai videos. There's people who are dying right now. That's, that's sick. Yeah, funny. no, I just, I didn't see this. This people is so great. I wish it was COVID. everywhere. That's not funny. You're making a joke out of this. That's no, ridiculous. Not. This is serious science. We're allies of science, that's man. Okay, well, if you want to be a science <laughs> She's like, no! About it. This is life or death. If you're vaccinated, you should be taking this. because the Vaccinated are spreading the Delta variant through their feces, man. You Dude, can look it up on the phenomenal. internet. The science is in. This is not a joke. Please plug up to stop the spread. Masks aren't enough, unfortunately. Dude, that is fucking great. Oh man. Do you have like so now that you're with InfoWars, like do you do you have like are you gonna do more stuff like this? Or are you more like in like a kind of more of a technical capacity? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely like behind the scenes production, but I We've had that channel on band just in their channel for a while since before I got hired. Um, so we can always put stuff on there. I'm definitely able to come up with my own videos and, you know, um, put them up on there. As far as as far as like talk shows and stuff like that, like I'm not going to be doing anything like that there. I'm definitely okay. production, but there's definitely a creative element where, you know, they're open to feedback and stuff like that. So that's really cool. Um, and just being able to be involved in the production part and, and do some things creatively with that is, is awesome. Cause I've done a lot of like graphic designs. I made, you know, funny t-shirts and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we'll, we'll see how, we'll see where it goes. You know, I, I think they're going to just see what my strengths are and helping me grow as a, uh, you know, producer slash creative person so it, it's a, plug your cool. channel tom <laughs> yeah um, 
Infowars.com, justanotherchannel.com, band.video. Uh, you can follow me at Tom underscore Nipotent on Instagram. I am on Twitter at Tom Nipotent without the underscore. I think it's actually at Thomas Siska and then on Twitter, but it says Tom Nipotent on there. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Give him a follow, other y'all. Than, yeah, other than that, um, stand-up-wise, I have uh, don't have anything booked for shows right now. I'm definitely trying to get my foot in the door at the mothership and get on one of those open mics. That's definitely a big for goal sure, of mine, yeah. or maybe get get on at the uh, Cap City. Happy to uh, let you know if I get any gigs going uh, soon. Um, dude yeah i mean definitely like keep us up like keep us abreast and all that and like this was really fun i hope that uh i hope that i get to see more like the Infowars content and stuff because that's really exciting you know like i think yeah the perception of him has changed so much in the past you know few years like for sure he he you know has been kind of always sort of like an ancillary character people are kind of like oh it's just tom you know it's uh, sorry it's just um um what's his alex. name alex jesus uh but now it's like yeah he was right about a lot of shit man like he's right. still like a unique personality, but man, you can't call him a liar. Exactly, and and it's it's a great time for me to get on board with all the, um, you know, things that people will say he's right about that he you know predicted or whatever, and and a lot of a, uh, a lot of good things going on there. Um, also, I mean, if you like uh, that video on just another channel, check out a couple of the other things. I mean, Brandon is great, Brandon Gray, aka Brandon Ballstein. Shout out to Brandon. Um, He's done some phenomenal stuff that got him brought on to Infowars a few times. Uh, He actually trolled Hillary Clinton or heckled her uh, when she came to Austin for a big event with her and her daughter for a book signing at this mega at this mega church right by the 360 bridge. And he stood up in the front row and was like, oh, gutsy women. How about, you know, how about these women? How about uh, what's her name? Paula, uh, Paula Jones. (laughs) <laughs> uh you know the all the all the victims that that uh hillary or that uh bill victimized and stuff and like you see the whole church just like all these people like Boo! but he got her like it's just so you know stuff you like stuff like that i mean he went to joe biden's uh rally when he first started running and it was like barely it might have been like 40 people it was in san antonio and he this uh, video went viral a few times he's hmm. He's in the front row. And he's like, "That's because you're a liar." But he's like, "Yeah, I am a liar." He's like, "Yeah, and your son's a crackhead." <laughs> like nobody kicks him out. He just keeps going and going and going. That's a good video. So if you like shit like that, check it. That's out. you said. That's just another. Stuff. Is that on YouTube? Just another channel. We got kicked off YouTube. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, joint. Yeah, it's a lot of people. Uh, and which has also been. Uh, let me see. If I Is can... it a rumble? We're on Rumble. Yeah, we're on Rumble. Okay. Just I mean, on Rumble. Okay, here it is. If we could just get this. Uh, yeah. Real quick. I think this was. I actually did something similar. I went to the Bernie rally here in Austin and I got thrown out because I was in the front row and nice. I, I did. I acted like I was an Uber Bernie fanatic and I was like screaming for Bernie and I was telling him he had to be like strong like Stalin. And and, uh, <laughs> and he he had a rule with an iron fist. I was like, "You miss strong like Stalin, Bernie." That's fucking great. Like, like they didn't know what to do with me because I was like interrupting the whole thing. But they for a sec they thought I was just like this crazy Bernie lover. They're like, "Hey man, just gotta calm down." I'm like, "Bernie!" Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so this is just another channel on Rumble. Oh, so uh, this I, one I think was. 
I just sent the link. Maybe you can find that on Rumble too, but that's the Joe Biden one. Okay. Oh, this is the Joe. Okay, sick. Right on. This is great. So y'all, if, if you want to check if you want to check out uh, what the what Brandon Ballstein's up to, uh, that medical professional, uh, go check go take a look. There's a band video, which is the Infowars uh, like video website, and then uh, he's also on Rumble, just another channel. So uh, good shit, dude. Fuck yeah, man. Thanks a lot for coming hey, on. Thanks man. for having me on. A lot of fun. It's cool to to uh, you know get this yeah. content out and share it. I appreciate that. You know. Um, oh yeah, man. Listen, yeah, you're welcome back anytime, cool. man. I, I had a blast. Thanks again. Fuck uh, yeah, dude. Catch you later, man. Maybe I'll see you at the cave or out in the comedy scene. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. You too, brother. And uh, everyone else, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you guys. You're the shit, as always. Steph, thank you for joining. I love you. Um, yeah, so uh, I got my next relationship podcast with the, the classy broadcast with Daniela. Uh, we're recording tomorrow. Should be out in a few days. Uh, and of course, you know, MF for Cocktail Lounge every Friday night. Come be there. You know it. So thank you guys for uh, being here, and we'll see you all later. Deuces. Thank you for watching. Please press like, subscribe, and have a wonderful day.